Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard, the magnificent Monday edition of the Boneyard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It is game week in high school football. You know what I'm saying? We had some jamborees last weekend, but it's the real deal this week. Uh, we'll be on the road this weekend. Matter of fact, uh, we begin to kind of think about these sort of things on the road this weekend, and that's pretty much gonna through December. You know what I'm saying? Through like that first second week in December. So about four months here, it's we're gonna have weekend plans, whether they relate to Mississippi State or not. We're gonna have football in our plans for the next four months. It's the hardest time of the year. But it's the funnest time of the year because we're almost there. Almost there. Mississippi State commitments will be in action. 
And uh, so look for that. And a lot of that content will be available on jeanspage.com. We'll have that uh, throughout the year. Paul and I are already kind of getting some things together. Robbie will also be assisting some with our, uh, especially our, our Golden Triangle coverage. Not quite as many prospects this year on the Mississippi State radar in the Golden Triangle. But a lot of guys in North Mississippi. So we'll have an opportunity to, uh, to give you some firsthand accounts of their play. Still making my decision of where I'll be this Friday night. I got a couple of ideas. A couple of ideas. Definitely be uh, maroon and white related. Definitely going to see Mississippi State kids play to get you guys some uh, some films, some photos, and uh, you know a little bit of a scouting report. Take what's going on. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. The whole crew there will treat you like family because in their eyes you are family. And and listen, folks, we're down to the nitty gritty. You need to go ahead and have, be, be picking out your season opener outfit. And if you haven't, maybe you're not satisfied with what's in your closet. You can go to campusbookmart.net, and I'm going to encourage you to do that today and peruse their fine selections there to outfit yourself, your home, your pet, your office, your RV, your neighbors, your yard, whatever you got. Anything you want, maroon and white, you can find it at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, We'll give you a promo code. The phrase that pays is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So a lot has happened since we have been together. So on Saturday, we had the opportunity to visit with Joe Moorhead, defensive coordinator Bob Shoup, and associate head coach Tony Hughes, also coaches the tight ends. I like the fact that they're making Tony available to the media regularly. You know, it's like last year we'd have uh, we'd have Getsy, we'd have uh, Shoop regularly, and we'd have Joe. But now Tony's kind of in the mix too, and so uh, you know Tony was hired here as the Titans coach and associate head coach. So we're getting his comments and getting his thoughts about scrimmages and that sort of stuff. The Bulldogs did scrimmage on Saturday, really kind of bringing an end to fall camp because we're going to start classes this week at Mississippi State and so um, most of those are going to begin on Wednesday we'll have a media opportunity uh, I guess this afternoon and Wednesday afternoon and Tuesday evening also of note the uh, all practice sessions now are closed to the media they've been closed to the public throughout but uh, the media we have had some observation periods that came to a close last week it wasn't scheduled to be that way but it was changed and uh, people have asked, well, Steve, what, what do you make of all that? You know, I, am, I, I don't make anything of it. I am just grateful that we get an opportunity to go and, and observe practice as much as we do. We're able to get pictures. We're able to get an idea of you know, who's looking good and kind of and kind of get a rudimentary depth chart. You know I mean? We, we don't see them in team drills, but we can kind of see who, who's taking reps in what order. Because there are a lot of college programs around the country that do not allow media in at all. And now, granted, we don't get to see an awful lot. You know, we, we watch them. Uh, they get done with their warm-up, and they, they go through some drills there. And it's mainly individual drills. And then at times we've seen some one-on-one drills. But we haven't seen 11-on-11. Uh, we, we, we just haven't. We, we've seen some pretty basic stuff. And, again, for what that's worth, you, you can kind of see, you know, again, who looks good, who looks healthy, who looks like they've gained a little weight who looks like they've dropped some weight. But at the end of the day, 
you know, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to get in there. And so I will never complain uh, about the access that we get as the media because there are many, many programs out there that, that really, really limit that. And, and, then, and then there's nothing to discuss. And then you get these articles that are written. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but a couple of years ago when, uh, when Dak was here, they said, okay, ranking the teams without the quarterbacks, which is the, among the dumbest things in the history of the world, going to rank a team without the quarterback. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. That's the kind of things that people write when they don't have access. You know, or, or if, uh, you know, which, uh, if you were going to rank your uh, favorite football players in order of biblical characters, who, who, which biblical character do they, they most resemble? That's the kind of stuff that you get when people don't have access. And so, again, very grateful for that. So we had a chance on uh, Saturday to talk with Joe and uh, I, I, the first thing that I want to go ahead and get out of the way is I, I had already had my mind made up, and I had shared with you guys on, on the show, and I had obviously said on the Jeans page that uh, I was going to ask Joe about suspensions and uh, our availability. You know, that's one of the things you got to be careful how you phrase things. What I mean by that is I don't want to get trapped inside my own question. And so the the question had already been asked and related to health. You know, how do you feel about your team's health? Are, are things good? Is there anybody that you expect to be withheld from the opener? Uh, and he and he mentioned just to kind of run that down for you. Willie Gay, linebacker, has been out with uh, with the, with a foot ailment, and he and he's gonna be fine. Okay, he's gonna be fine. Uh, some people have tried to make more of that than there actually is. The kid's hurt. Okay, so we're, we're not playing games with the media. They don't put guys in a red jersey just during the media observation periods just, just to kind of throw us a curveball. It doesn't work that way, okay? There's no Lee Harvey Oswald moment here at Mississippi State football practice, okay? just not That's not the case. He's been in a red jersey because he's hurt, okay? I want to make sure we understand that. And I know there's some people out there, again, that – they're going to say, well, you know, let me, let me go ahead and explain something to you. There is no penalty for players practicing. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's not. There's nothing that happens with any player that practices. Just it doesn't, Life doesn't work that way. That's not how any of this works. It, like right now, if we, if we were going to put a GIF in the show at this moment, it would be that Facebook commercial where the lady says, that's not any of this works. You're unfriended on my wall, that kind of stuff. That's not how it works. It's just simply not how it works. And so Willie Gay is expected to be back full go next week. That's what Joe said. He will be ready for game prep next week because this week is they're wrapping up. They'll have the final scrimmage of the fall Wednesday. And then from there, they will go ahead and order the depth chart, organize the scout team, meet with the players, kind of tell them, here's where you are. This is what we're going to do. And then – then we're going to get into UL Lafayette. We're going to get into our preparing for Raging Cajuns. Kendall Jones has been in a yellow no-contact jersey throughout camp. That has been a precaution. He'll be good to go for UL Lafayette. And, and again, it's, that's just about being careful. You recall he had an upper body injury that required surgery back during the spring. There was no need to run him out there and fall, even in, uh, in, in limited drills, and get him banged up. So he, he has participated in drills but he has been in limited contact. And so as a result, that's about getting him healthy. But Joe says that there is nobody on the roster right now, as we all knock on wood collectively, that should be held from action 
due to medical reasons. And so I followed that up a few questions later, and I said, Joe, are there any players that will be withheld from competition for non-medical issues? And I phrased it that way because, in fact, I, I didn't I didn't want it to be lumped in with the medical question. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't I didn't want I wanted to know specifically are there players for non-football, non-medical issues that will not be available to Mississippi State when they take on Louisiana? Now we got the answer we pretty much expected to get. Is that we'll let you know. And what that means, and I've I've, I've kind of touched on this briefly on the show. What that means is we would likely find out game day. And what that usually means is that uh, when we're in the press box, just before kickoff, and sometimes it's an hour before kickoff, sometimes it's after warm-up, sometimes it's been minutes before kickoff, we're handed a sheet of paper that says the following players are unavailable today. Some of the times they're injury-related, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're listed as suspensions. Sometimes it's coaching decisions. But that's when uh, it appears that we'll find out. And that is the typical protocol. You know, and, and I did some, some digging around last week and asked a few questions. And one of the things that I've learned, if you, there's, enough, there's a lot of people out there to talk to you off the record if they, they won't burn you. They, they, however, they won't talk a lot about student privacy stuff. Nobody wants to run the risk of uh, losing their jobs. Nobody wants to run the risk of being involved in a FERPA lawsuit. It's just the reality of things. But I asked, I said, well, how, how is this different from the Nick Fitzgerald thing last year? You know, because they announced Nick Fitzgerald was suspended. I, I think we found out the Monday of game week that Keaton was going to start against Stephen F. Austin. I'm almost positive that's correct. We Joe made a statement that almost simultaneously – Nick Fitzgerald uh, tweeted out a statement. And I, I'm told, well, well, here's the deal. Steve, he's a quarterback. You know, it's, a, it's just a different dynamic. He is the quarterback. He was the senior leader of the team. That's worthy of announcement. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe it's a little more difficult to hide those things. But the bottom line is, do not expect at this point there to be any public declaration. There's been a lot of smoke, a lot of chatter about we may have some players withheld from competition and some people are calling it a suspension. Uh, what, I, what I would call it is a, a reduction in eligibility based on what I've heard. But at the end of the day, it all means the same thing, right? Unavailable. So we'll continue to work through this, and this is something, you know, ever since the Nick Weatherspoon thing first bubbled up, you know, we heard, hey, there, there may be a link to football. And so we have worked diligently behind the scenes for months. Not, not just recently, not once football practice began, not when basketball ended. We have worked diligently as a group to try to get some sense behind all this. And for most of the time, we're told you know, there's nothing to know at this point. People would acknowledge that there was a concern or that there was an, an incident, but nobody would ever really kind of go full bore. And, and, and I, I get it. it is, that, that said, it is still uh, frustrating. And I don't, I don't know uh, if we get the full details when it's all said and done. Some, some of it will end up coming out. We're, we're, we're working to get some details. Now we're, now one of the things that I'll, I'll share with you too is there are a lot of people out there 
that uh, that maybe are not of the Mississippi State persuasion that have also chased this story and not really gotten anywhere. You know, so it's not like we're just sitting here pulling back on the reins a little bit, saying, "Well, you know, we'll let somebody else handle that." We have worked to. We wanted to break the story, and and not that we want to paint Mississippi State in a negative light, but you know, we are not just Pollyannas. You know, if if be honest with you. Quite, quite frankly, I think b- bad news is better received when it comes from people like us that have been here. You know, I, I to be, and again, I don't mean this in a negative or critical way of, of some of my peers, but I, I don't like it when a Clarion Ledger breaks that sort of news. You know, I, I think we should break that kind of news, and that's a philosophical change with our business model over the course of the last ten years. And a lot of people say, well, you know, we just want to kind of be the good news people. Uh, I just want to tell you the truth, good, bad, or indifferent, and you can decide how you want to interpret it. So we have worked. Uh, I have probably probably irritated more people about this over the last uh, four months than uh, you can imagine. To the point that I've got some people now when they see me coming, they look the other direction. You know, And it's got nothing to do with the hair. It's got to do with the fact that we're about to have an uncomfortable conversation that they don't, they can't give me any answers to. And so I expect some players to be, quote, suspended. I expect players to be withheld from competition against Louisiana. And then it'll be a week-to-week deal. We'll figure it out. And there are a lot of people out there that claim to know, and maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they know more than us. And if they do, that's unfortunate because we have worked very, very hard to try to get some information. And people that I trust, people that uh, that normally are willing to share some information off the record, that don't have much to say about this. And it's because of the student privacy issue. Just not going to. They're just not going to do it. And it's just like it's very. It's it's eerily reminiscent of of the Ole Miss situation, the notice of allegations and all that stuff. Even when you got the documents, the student names were redacted, and that that's just how it's been. And in, in, thankfully, uh, many months later. Uh, Yancey Porter posted a link to a uh, document that was uh, uh, included in a uh, discovery motion that gave the uh, the, non- the unredacted notice of allegations. I don't, I don't suspect you're going to see that happen this go around. So the answers to, uh, to those questions, because it's been something that has been very prevalent on social media and on the message boards, is that we're going to have some players suspended. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that's true. We still don't know exactly who or for exactly how long. We've asked. Asked Joe on the record with the cameras rolling on Saturday. That's what he said. We'll let you know. We'll, we'll let you know on game week. And that's you see how they've done it. Joe also said they're very, very close to announcing a starting quarterback. And said, you know, the numbers kind of lend itself to one guy really emerging. I have been told by a couple of people that I trust that over the course of the last week that Tommy Stevens has really emerged as the guy. That that, that really kind of comes as a shock to nobody. But Keaton Thompson appeared to have gotten the better of things during the first scrimmage, and that appears to have kind of lit a fire on Tommy Stevens some. They were kind of back and forth for a while, and then Keaton kind of took a lead there, but Tommy has been better over the course of the last week and had the better things in the scrimmage, the most recent one. So 
where do we go from here? Well, I think, again, that Tommy Stevens is going to be your starting quarterback, but I also believe that Keaton Thompson is still going to be a part of the game plan. I don't mean it's going to be a, a true two-quarterback system, per se, but I believe there will be some packages that Keaton fits. Joe will, will, will know how to use them both. And we'll move forward with that. He also continues to praise Garrett Schrader. Unsolicited. It's not like we're saying, hey, Coach, how's Garrett Schrader looking? It's, Coach, how would you kind of handicap the quarterback battle? Okay, what's well, really close between Tommy and Keaton, but you know what? Garrett Schrader's doing really well. That's just kind of on his own. Of his own volition, he mentions that. And so what that what the immediate question is, is what does that mean for Jalen Maiden? How come Jalen Maiden never gets mentioned? You know, one of the practice sessions that we um, we witnessed here about a week to ten days ago is Garrett Schrader was running third in drills. Now, some of that has been dismissed at times and saying, well, you know, we, we run different order and, and that sort of stuff from time to time. We go back to next practice and Garrett's third again. Then the next day we go and Schrader's fifth. And so I almost wondered if they're just, you know, kind of throwing a curveball at us. But then Joe Moorhead comes out and continues to say, you know what, Garrett Schrader did some good things. I interviewed Nick Gibson at On Campus Media Day. And I, I, I said, you know, I know you can't tell me who you think's winning the quarterback battle, but what is your impression of the quarterbacks? And he named them in the same order. Tommy Stevens, Keaton, Garrett Schrader. Talked to a couple defensive backs. You know what, you guys have a unique vantage point to this quarterback race. Who's impressed you? Tommy Stevens, Keaton Garrett. And so it's not just Joe Moorhead up there, you know, kind of catering the narrative to fit his guys. It's the bottom line is that this is a consensus opinion throughout your football team. That these guys are the guys that have taken a step forward. Now, that, that's not to say Jalen Maiden can't play. Quite, quite honestly, you know, I'm, I'm not watching him in team drills, but, you know, with his skill set and his talented arm and uh, his throw motions a little bit interesting. But he's a guy that can swing the football around. And so I, I really felt like in the Jim Moorhead system because Jalen might be the more natural passer than Keaton, that Jalen would make this thing really interesting. But now here we are at the essentially the end of fall camp, and it appears that Maiden's running fourth team. Does that mean he transfers? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's one of the things you consider. He redshirted last year, and if he goes through this year and begins to see that maybe, you know what, I'm in a situation here that I'm I'm going to be behind Keaton Thompson next year. I'm going to be behind Garrett Schrader, and Garrett Schrader is a freshman. Uh, you know, maybe I look somewhere else. And so I think that's a possibility. I'm not saying that that is the probability. I'm just saying that's something that we have to somewhat be aware of. Jim Moorhead said he was pleased with the scrimmage on Saturday. Very pleased. Uh, I like it when my coach is fired up by his offense. I think we kind of know what we're going to have on defense. But I, yeah, it's like when I begin to think about offense. You know, last year, in hindsight, you look back and you can kind of see where some things were coming. This year it's a little different. There's a different level of confidence. You know, last year I think everybody came over. I had a schedule. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Can't wait for you guys to see this kid throw the football. I think we're a little measured in our approach, and I think we have played it a little closer to the vest until this past weekend. I think now it's kind of coming into focus for us. And uh, I just I just feel like, you know, based on the information and things you hear, 
that we're going to take a step forward. Now, does that mean we're going to come out here and set the woods on fire and, and uh, set NCAA records? I don't, I don't think that. But I think we're going to see a much better representation of the type of offense that Joe Moorhead wants to run. When you run this brand of offense and you can't throw the football consistently down the field, then you can't run the football. Because then they just walk a safety or two down in the box. They force the quarterback to keep the football. And then they do all they can to punish the quarterback. And that's what we went through last year. All of the elite defenses that we faced, the ones that we couldn't throw the ball against, the ones that we couldn't win one-on-one matchups or we couldn't uh, you know, com- make good throws against due to tight coverage, those teams wore us out. Those teams limited our ability to uh, to move the football. And you can run all that down the list. I mean, you look at look at what LSU did with Grant Delpit against Mississippi State. I mean, I think Grant Delpit was SEC Defensive Player of the Week that week. But now all of a sudden you can throw the football, and you know what? You know what happens when you can complete a, complete a, a couple passes down the field? It gives you the keys to the kingdom. You can kind of do whatever you want then. That's the thing last year you begin, well, I don't understand why don't we have more design runs? Why don't we give the ball to the running backs more? Well, it's because the read dictates quarterback keep because they're trying to keep the ball in the hands of the quarterback. They don't want Colin Hill to get the football. And the way you eliminate that is, is you make some throws down the field and it keeps that safety out of the box. As Coach Tom Bowser will tell you, when they got to play two deep safeties, you can run the football. When they walk two safeties down in the box, you better be able to throw the football because you're not going to be able to run it. That's the reality of life. That, that is how the numbers work. It, guys, it's not magic, it's math. When they send more guys down than we can block, they're going to make the tackle unless we just have a tremendous individual effort. And that's not going to happen consistently. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Absolutely love going in there. I was in there again over the weekend. Then our loyal Boneyard listener, Tom Minyard, was out there talking about he was going to try the Lauren. Every time you come to Starkville, it's worth going by Bulldog Burger Company. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled to see how well they're doing and how they have come become a Starkvillean institution in such a short time. But it's been moving weekend the last couple weekends, and you go by there, and it's kind of standing room only. You know, I mean, they, that's how popular a place it's become. Absolutely love the staff there. Lo- love the food there. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of riding the Lauren train right now. Great restaurant-quality hamburger, sharp cheddar cheese, thick bacon, fried slice, uh, fried slice of, uh, of avocado. You can't beat it. I'm a no-onion straws guy. You, you, you might like those, but uh, that, that's not my thing. But uh, go find your own favorites there. Bulldog Burger Company is the place where the cool kids come to break bread in Stark Vegas. If you're listening to this show, chances are you're one of the cool kids. Go by and have a great restaurant-quality hamburger at Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So we visited some with Coach Bob Shoup, and one of the things I love about Bob Shoup are the conversations that we have, these ex parte communications we get once the cameras are off. We didn't get a lot of that on Saturday. But what we did get was a very candid assessment of your Mississippi State defense. And before I forget, all of the videos, I videoed all three interviews, Joe Moorhead, Bob Shoup, Tony Hughes. You can go watch those for free right now on Gene's page. As soon as this show is over, you go go to your computer, pull up on your phone, whatever, and you can go watch what Joe Moorhead had to say 
about potential suspensions, about the quarterback race, about the scrimmage. You can see what Bob Shoup had to say. Uh, but we're going to kind of frame some things up for you. But one of the things that's so refreshing about Bob Shoup is he just doesn't pull any punches with you. You know, it's like he'll sit here and tell you he's really excited about his depth at defensive end, feels like he's got some really talented players there, you know, feels good about Chauncey Rivers, who was really kind of stepping up and, and emerging as a leader on your defense, which is great. Kobe Jones is a guy we feel really good about. Fletcher Adams is a guy, Marquis Spencer. And then, then you mentioned Aaron Odom. Aaron Odom is a guy that has really stepped up, and we need him to step up. He's the guy next year that will be a real possibility for us as a starter. So we feel good about the, the, the depth at defensive end. And, and I would say right now, if we had to go play a football game tomorrow, I think your starting defensive ends are Chauncey Rivers and Fletcher Adams. Then I think in your second group is Marquis Spencer and, and Kobe Jones. And I think as you get deeper in the ball game, Aaron Odom, uh, Odom comes in. And there will be some other guys too. But I think right now those are the five guys that have, you know, based on personal observations and then what we have heard from our coaching staff that have kind of emerged. Now, defensive tackle has been a concern for us since the spring. We have all talked about it ad nauseum. What Shub says he plans to do is to attack this by committee. Here's, Steve, we're going to this thing. We need a handful of guys to give us 20, 25 snaps apiece. You know, we don't have a Jeffrey Simmons. We don't have a guy that's going to go in there and kind of wreck shop for us routinely. So we're just going to play a lot of guys, try to keep everybody fresh, and we're going to try to win that battle of attrition with numbers. He mentions Leontre as a guy. And, we, and we, you know, listen, down the stretch, Leontre was, was really, really good for Mississippi State. Now he has an opportunity to start. Coach mentioned Jaden Crumity again. That's a name we consistently hear from players and from coaches as a guy that's been a difference maker on the interior. Fabian Lovett, going to be a star at Mississippi State. He's one of those guys, if he stays healthy, he'll play in the NFL for a while. Nathan Pickering also mentioned. Nathan, obviously a little bit farther behind those guys. He doesn't have the benefit of that one year in the weight room they have. But he's, he's a guy that has a lot of mass. And uh, if you guys have been around college football for very long, even though this is a family show, as you know, when it comes to the rigors of interior line play, mass, kicks, you know what. Pickering's got that. Needs to add some strength. But he is a guy that can get in there and make a mess for you. He's a guy that can go in there and plug a gap. Little linebackers make tackles for you. And so Cameron Young, other guys. And so we're, we're going to just basically approach this. We're going to throw a lot of numbers at the problem until we find a guy or two that are kind of become the go-to guys. But it's going to be a by-committee approach. That shouldn't come as a shock. But I suspect if, if assuming we have the full complement of the roster available, I would say that if we had to play a football game tomorrow, you're probably looking at Lee Autry and Fabian Lovett as your starters. Then you come behind with some other guys. Jaden Crumberty, a big part of that. You know what you're going to get uh, on the backside of it, but uh, ask, you know, Coach Shoup about you know, his group recently, about his safeties, and, you know, he, he feels good about this front line, guys. Kind of waiting to see some guys step up with a second. You mentioned Landon Gidry. Landon Gidry is a guy that's been really good in practice. You recall he's coming back from an ACL tear. Didn't have as good a scrimmage, perhaps, as he should have, according to Coach Shoup. But he's a guy in the mix. Now, Marcus Murphy is a guy that uh, has been running some at second team. Unbeknownst to many people, Marcus Murphy's been absent from the program here for about a week or so. Didn't participate in scrimmage. 
but uh, Marcus, as you guys know, very difficult year for him. Has had uh, the loss of his mother and the health issues with his son that have been well documented. It's one of those things, too. Marcus needs Mississippi State. You know, I, I fully expect things to be okay for him uh, as far as football goes. You know, he That's something he's going to continue to deal with. Uh, you know, with the with you know, the loss of his mother and then the uh, you know the the health issues related to his son, certainly a guy that could use your support. But uh, he's a guy we we expect to have a big football future, not just in college but beyond that. You hate it when when things like this happen to young people. You absolutely hate it. There's never a good time to lose a parent, but uh, you know losing your parent at a young age when you are still somewhat dependent that's a very difficult pill to swallow and then on top of that you know he has a, a child that has some medical condi- conditions that uh, that are very serious you know we're not, we're not talking about a colicky baby you know that's not the issue it's a matter of life and death but I expect Marcus to be fine you know I, I think that uh, you know perhaps football can kind of be his haven from some of that it also could be the vehicle that he uses to change his life and to give a better life for his child. So again, hoping the best for Marcus. But there are some other guys out there. Fred Peters is a guy that's running second team nickel. You know, if you remember, we, we signed him and people thought about, okay, well, he might come in here and really challenge. But the, the incumbent guys, the guys that started some last year that are back on, on, the, on the roster, those are the guys that have kind of held up to the challenge. You feel good about C.J. Morgan at free, Jaquarius Landrews at strong, and B. Cole at nickel. That's your starting group. That's your starting group, and then you, you begin to kind of go from there. Fred Peters is the guy we feel pretty confident about at nickel, and we'll see what happens with other spots. But you're going to play a lot of guys. We had the opportunity, of course, to, uh, to meet with Tony Hughes, yeah, Tony, you know, listen, we, we can talk about tight ends all we want to. I think we all kind of know that Farad Green's the guy. And then behind him are some really young staggins out there, Brad Cumbus and Shaquarius Spivey, but, you know, not, not to be lost in the shuffle. Powers Warren's had a really good camp. I know when we signed him, a lot of people thought, well, okay, we're signing this guy from IMG, and it's kind of a late signee, and, you know, what, what's happening here? And I, and I don't know the first year, you know, the – you watch him out there, and you kind of wonder, okay, is is is, is he just another guy, or is he a player? Uh, watching him in fall camp this year, he looks like a pretty good a value signee because I think the kid can play a little bit. And you look at Dante Jones. You know, Dante Jones was uh, arguably the uh, the best receiver in his class. He's a real mismatch guy too. Made, made some catches for us last year. You feel good about that group. But uh, Hughes says that Farad kind of played in Justin Johnson's shadow last year. And I can kind of see that. Justin has that big personality. But Farad has kind of emerged as the leader. It's, it's his group. Very even-minded guy. You know, he just – Farad never gets up, never gets down. Even when he scores a touchdown or makes a big play, it's just kind of part of what he does. You know, he, do, he doesn't get up and – you know, jump up and down, draw attention to himself. He's just a guy that believes in the team. 
And so he'll be the guy that will get the first snap. But uh, excited to see what we do with Jaquarius Spivey and Brad Cumbus. And I asked specifically about Brad Cumbus. Ask Coach Hughes, Coach, do you, do you ever worry about his body breaking down a little bit? Because a lot of guys, other guys are getting the rest. You know, Brad has put his body through an awful lot in the past year. Showed up last summer, acclimated to college football life, went through the grind of a uh, freshman football season, maintained a red shirt, then immediately went to work for the baseball team, was a contributor on the baseball team, practiced during spring practice, and then went over and did baseball. And then he goes to Omaha, and then as soon as he gets back, he's in the weight room and he's working on football. And, and you kind of wonder, okay, is there a point that you need more of a rest period? And he's in a boot right now, and, and, and maybe that, that, that kind of illustrates my point, that uh, he's put his body to an awful lot. But they say he's going to be good to go. And Tony kind of joked. He said, you know, they call him the mule. I've never known a mule to get tired. Hughes also went on to say that it's been a good camp. Said it's been a fun camp. Said he was real happy with the effort. You know, that this week when they'll begin to start making some decisions. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, when it comes to these, the depth chart, the hay is pretty much in the barn. You know, Wednesday will be kind of a confirmation of what you expect and what you suspect. But you know, Tony brings an an attitude of optimism to this football program, not just from a recruiter. But he is a guy that you want to have on your staff. He is a guy that you want your players to have access to because of the quality of person that he is. An absolute gem of a man. A man of real character. He's also a guy, too, that kind of understands the uh, you know a lot of the circumstances that many of our, our Mississippi high school football players kind of grow up in. He also understands the opportunities that college football provides for many of those guys to change their family tree forever. Tony spoke at length about those sort of things recently. But he's fired up, and he's ready to go. And uh, one of the things that I think is important to think about, too, with the staff, this time last year we had there were a lot of unknowns on the staff, a lot of things we weren't quite sure about, right? Remember that? You had some guys last year on staff that were uh, – yeah, you know, that were coaching college football really, really for the first time, or for the first time in a long time. You know, Tim Lukabu, great guy, for sure. Had to go coach linebackers for the first time, and I, and to be honest with you, I thought linebackers played well last year. But it's a different dynamic this year. It's a little more different. You know, Tim is the guy that was a quality control guy in the NFL for a long time. Tim was a guy that was a you know high level college football player in his classification, had done a good job, played well, was an all-conference performer, wasn't an elite recruiter by any stretch of the imagination. But he was a good coach. Chris Marv, however, is a great coach. Chris Marv is a guy that uh, has played in this league, has played against Mississippi State. Chris Marv understands what it means to, uh, to go into Death Valley and play a football game the crowds and expectations and the emotions and pageantry of the Southeastern Conference are not new to Chris Marv. And I think your linebackers will benefit from that experience. And again, that's not to be negative about Tim Lukabu. This this was a new experience for him. So I think from a linebacker standpoint, I think, number one, you have a veteran group. And people forget we didn't sign linebacker last year. And again, that, that may be something we can be critical of, 
of Lukaboo about. But the bottom line is, is that we return a veteran group. So Marvin Harrett's a group with really no newcomers. Everybody out there knows what it's like to go into hostile environments and play a football game. They understand how difficult it is to communicate on the road. So Marv kind of benefits from the growing pains of a year ago. But he also has guys like Earl Thompson, Leo Lewis. You know, you got some seniors and juniors to really deal with. And you've got some talented young guys that are coming up the ranks too. But you feel good about that group. Wide receiver coach Luke Getze last year, we were all excited about him when they hired him because, number one, he was a Moorhead guy, new Moorhead system. But he also knew wide receivers from the professional level. He knew how to get guys there. He knew what pro scouts were looking for. But that group did not take a step forward last year. I don't mean that to be critical of Luke Gutsy, but it is what it is. I know that Michael Johnson is a guy that has coached college wide receivers more recently. Michael Johnson's the guy that's been an NFL offensive coordinator, so he knows an NFL wide receiver when he sees one. And I will share with you not just because of the influx of talent, because we have some good players. you got some young guys out there, Keziah Pruitt, Quentin Torbro. I don't expect them to have much of an impact this year. And, good, and, and thankfully, they're not being pressed into service. They probably need the benefit of that red shirt. They'll get the four games, and then we'll see how things go. But you've got Javante Payton and, and um, you know Stephen Guidry, and you've got Isaiah Zuber, and, and you've got Osiris Mitchell. And you know, you've got some guys that have some talent. Dedrick Thomas is a guy that's been a, a pretty consistent performer for Mississippi State. But Michael Johnson has kind of hit the ground running. And I, I would just say there is a different energy with Mike. Now, when when Luke Getze was here, one of the things that really impressed me with, with him last year is uh, there was a play one time out in, out in the pass pattern. They're going through drills. And uh, there's a long pass to Jamal Couch. And just before the ball got there, Getze hits him. And uh, Couch loses focus and drops football. And Getze looks at him and says, you got to catch it. He goes, well, coach, you interfered with me. Does it doesn't matter. you got to catch it. You're not always going to get that call. you got to catch it. And so I believe that the expectation was there, that Getze was able to kind of convey, listen, I understand things happen. I still expect you to go make plays. But for some reason, there was a disconnect. You know, if you recall, maybe you know, what two or three weeks into the season, Jamal Couch leaves the team. There's all this discussion that there's dissension among the wide receiver ranks. Keith Mixon is unhappy. Malik Deer is unhappy. Uh, even talking to Derek Thomas was unhappy. And so it's like, I don't know what was said privately, and I don't know how well that was received. But I do know this. I do know there was consistently some talk last year about the receiver group being unhappy. And then you know, we get into the season, and, and uh, you know the, the upper crust of that depth chart performed pretty well. But the rest of it was uh, was interesting. You're not getting that vibe now. Now, of course, they haven't really spelled out playing time. But listen, th- these guys kind of police themselves too. When you that's the thing last year, there wasn't a lot of separation in practice, and so everybody probably felt that they were on an even playing field. I, I think there is a decided line of division among the uh, wide receivers this year. I think there truly is some real separation from the starters and then the reserves and then the developmental guys. 
Last year, I think they were all. I think they were all pretty even. I think outside of Stephen Gidry, I think everybody was pretty much the same player. At least to the beginning of the season, you know, Osiris Mitchell made some plays for us. Yeah, and and, he, and listen, to be fair, Osiris is probably your third or fourth option right now. Last year, he led the team in catches. Gidry led you in yards, and a lot of those came in that a, that one catch against A and M. But we're seeing a more polished Stephen Gidry. We're seeing a more confident Osiris Mitchell. And then you add Javante Payton and Isaiah Zuber to the mix. And the, the DBs telling me they hate covering Isaiah Zuber because he is a bit of a technician as a route runner, that he's quick. He shows you one thing, gives you another. Next thing you know, you're on the ground, and he's by and it's a touchdown. That's exciting to hear because I feel like defensive backs are the best evaluators of wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing. Your quarterback's having a unique vantage point, but defensive backs, you know, they'll tell you who's trouble for them. It's just like when Elijah McNamee and Jake Mangum tell me they hated hitting against Christian McLeod last year, that, that he was a nerve-wracking guy to hit against. That, that excites me for this year as a pitcher. You know what I'm saying? That this, the guy that they hated to pitch against, hit against is going to be pitching for us this year. That's exciting. Same principle applies here with these DBs. When they tell me, I don't like having to defend this guy. I don't take that as a criticism of themselves. I take that as praise for their opponent. That this guy is trouble. This guy gives me a real challenge in practice. And I consistently hear that about Isaiah Zuber. Consistently, whether it be safeties, corners, or whatever. He's a guy that is standing out to your defensive players. Stephen Gidry. It's not the same player he was this time last year. You know, this time last year, even some of our fans were thinking, you know what, we need to cut him loose because he's always on social media saying things. And then he went, remember he went home for a while and didn't come back on time. And, you know, it's a different deal. It's a different deal. He's growing up a little bit. But I'll tell you, watching him in drills, he looks to be a guy that's kind of realizing his potential. Also on the wide receiver front, Devontae Jason, better known as WAP, is still not with the team. He has been gone now, I guess, for 10 days. And uh, Joe addressed some of that. Has some family issues back home. It's re- and it's a medical situation. Okay, so we don't want to get too specific with that. Uh, but, you know, he, he's, he's dealing with some things. And it's, you know, sometimes we forget, as fans of college football and as members of the media, whatever, that, you know what, Football is a part of these guys' lives. And you would think, okay, well, when I was 19 or 20 and I had a chance to play college football, that would be everything. And you know what? For many people, it is. But all that being said, there are some things that happen in life that kind of put you, you know, put things in perspective for you. And this is one of them. You know, when you have somebody in your immediate family that, that has some medical issues, the rest of your life kind of gets put on hold. So WAP is back in New Orleans. Uh, I, I, at this point, I can't say that he's not coming back, but I think that's a real good possibility. I, I think there is a possibility that he elects to transfer to a school closer to home. No, not LSU. But I think that's a real possibility. And so, it, it, you know, based on what we know, this could be a situation where he could probably apply for a medical hardship deal and probably be granted relief. Uh, and be able to play this year if he'll actually the program. Now, 
the door for him to return to Mississippi State is absolutely wide open. Your coaching staff has been very, very supportive of him. They've been in contact with him. They have encouraged him. They have told him, take the time that he needs. But at some point, they're, they're, you know, we've got to make a decision. We as in WAP and his family and the Mississippi State coaching staff. You and I don't get a vote. WAP is the guy right now that, that is behind some guys, but it's not this, this you know, appreciable difference you look at and say, man, it's just, you know, it's not working out. But it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if he elects to, to transfer, I don't know, you know, you know to one of those, there's, there's a there's a hundred Louisiana schools, it seems. But if he elects to move home, that, that is probably a very mature decision considering the circumstances. And so we would support him uh, in, in whatever he decides to do. But but I, I would suggest right now not to expect anything from him uh, for you all off yet. And he might not even be with us when we make the trip to Ewell Lafayette. Remember, this is what, we're talking, what, what, 12 days now? School starts this week. The you know, drop-ad date is, what, 27th, I think? And so it's not, you know, totally out of the realm of possibility that if he didn't come back in time for Wednesday's scrimmage that he wouldn't come back at all. I mean, there still would be some time for him to kind of figure some things out. But the bottom line is he is not here. He has not been here, and we're not exactly sure when or if he's coming back. That's the reality of things. And there are a lot of people out there that are invested in WAP. What I mean by that is, is that, you know, that was such a big win for us on a recruiting trail. And now you want to see the benefits of that. Now you want to see this guy play up to his potential in Maroon and White. Because wide receiver recruiting has been such a moving target for us. And you finally get a big win like that. And you're thinking, okay, well, now we've got him here. Let's uh, you know, let's let's go score ten touchdowns. And so that is something right now that uh, that I think is uh, is fragile at best. Fragile at best. I, I I think at this point, Mississippi State fans need to prepare for the fact that he's not going to be either not going to be here or not be much of a contributor this year. Because even if he does return, and you got to think about how serious the situation's got to be for for a kid, and he's still a kid, but for a guy to you know to to skip practice for essentially two weeks, that's not something minor in his life. That's not him looking at that and saying, "I think I'll take vacation." Look, this this is a guy that has gone through spring practice, has worked hard. Contributed in the weight room, looked good in all accounts. He looked good in, in summer workouts. But he didn't put in all that work in the spring and summer to get here to the fall and say, yeah, I think I'll go home for a while. This is a serious situation, very serious situation. And so even if he does come back, there's a part of him that you know that a part of his heart will remain in New Orleans with the family con- situation. That's just, that's that, and and that's how it should be, and so he might be a little bit distracted, and so I think Joe Moorhead is doing the right thing. You give the guy the opportunity to work through whatever he's dealing with, and that's one of the things that Joe said in the post game post scrimmage presser is that you know what, we're going to treat these guys as if they were my own son. If my own son was in the same situation, and he was away at school, and we had a serious family issue, 
How would I want that to be handled? Well, I would want my son to be able to come home and help deal with the family issue. And so that's what they're working through. Uh, but it is something that, uh, you know, look, again, I don't think that WAP would have been a significant contributor, but I do expect he would have been a contributor this year had this issue not emerged. Now, I think, you know, listen, when you're out there picking teams, honestly, you're going to pick Isaiah Zuber and Javante Payton before him. They're older, more physically mature, to play a little more football, okay? And so I don't think this is one of those deals where, you know, he's looked at this and said, well, you know, maybe I just need to go somewhere else. Without this family issue, WAP is in practice every day competing. I, I, I firmly believe that. And I, I, I think everybody that I've spoken to that's close to the situation pretty much agrees with that. We'd love for him to be here, but we understand he's got to be where he needs to be. So we're going to be back on Wednesday and uh, kind of get, get you ready to go. And I don't know if you if, if you people have fully appreciated this. We're, we've got college football Saturday. It's not Mississippi State. We've got some college football Saturday. I think it's, what, four or five games on Saturday? It'll be big. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. But uh, between now and then, we're probably going to find out who your starting quarterback is at Mississippi State, even though most of us already have a – you know, a, uh, a pretty strong suspicion that it'll be Tommy Stevens. And then we've got this stuff to unfold with, you know, with, with WAP. And uh, so we'll have some answers on that this week, I believe. And then we'll kind of move forward and, and, and we're going to get in a game week. I mean, you know, that's the thing that I'm excited about is that, you know, we're, we're going to be on the football field sooner rather than later. And it seems like once we get into the football cycle, and you know what I'm talking about, it's like you get in – you know, there's the, the games on Thursday night, and there's high school Friday nights, and then there's Saturday, and then there's NFL football, and there's Monday night football. And it's just like it's the greatest part of the year. And then as soon as you get done with Monday night football, you already think you're already making your plans for the weekend. And it's just one of those things where everybody gets so engaged with what's going on. And there is this, you know, feeling of fraternity with your college football fans, even – even the guys, some of the guys you root against their team, it's uh, it's one of those things where we can put a lot of other things on the back burner and kind of focus on the sport that we all love so much. I want to remind you guys, too, that uh, if you hadn't done so, go to StarkVillains.com, order your Stark Villain gear. The book is pushing out the print. We'll have, uh, we'll have some bonus content, some Stark Villains bonus content here pretty soon. And uh, we'll have a book in your hands probably within the next month. And I'll have a release date, hopefully, uh, here in the next uh, week or so. I don't know what else there is left to be done. So we're just kind of waiting now for for the business end of it to finish up, and then we'll have a book. And uh, everywhere that I go, I have people that come up and say they can't wait for the book. And before I get out of here, I'll tell you, we uh, so Friday night had the chance to attend the, uh, the M Club Legends uh, dinner, second annual Legends dinner. Johnny Cooks, D.D. Lewis, Bill McGuire, the whole crew. I mean, there's just so many Bulldogs there. Cam Lawrence, Addison Lawrence. And I say that because, and I, and I, and I want to be careful how I say this, because I, I mean this with no disrespect to anybody. But we need the M Club to get younger. We need some new blood in the M Club. And we also need to kind of bridge this gap between older players and younger players. But if you are a former athlete, not just football, but as John Cohen said, we've been playing women's sports in Mississippi State for 40 years. We need more women 
in the M Club. We need more young people in the M Club. And so I know Cam Lawrence shares with me that they've reached out to some guys they've been back with and, you know, Devin Desperate, and they're going to get guys engaged. But there is a fraternity, guys, that, that, that most of us are not a part of. But there are so many Bulldogs that uh, we need you around the program. We need you connected to our football program. We need you to have a voice in things. We need your representation. We need your presence involved at Mississippi State. And there's a number of athletes, and it's not, you know, it's, it's one of those things till you look at and you say, okay, well, that's just for the, this generation, and, that, and that's not true. And uh, sitting around that room and watching, you know, Rocky Felker see somebody that he hadn't seen in years and years and seeing their face light up, there's a bond there that many of us never fully appreciate. And so I encourage you, if you are a former player, Pay your M-Club dues and come to the M-Club events because they want to see you there. And at Mississippi State, we need you to be plugged in. We need you to be connected to our athletic programs. Uh, Folks, it's going to do it for today. Again, be back on Wednesday. Hope that you have an absolutely wonderful week. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.